Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies from design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting. We bring you insights from industry leaders and experts hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of various facets of Magento extensions. Um, and I have some great guests with me from the team at AheadWorks, uh, one of the most prominent Magento extension development teams, been around uh, a long time and produced a lot of high quality Magento extensions. Um, with no further ado, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Artem and Alex to introduce themselves. And uh, we'll just start picking their brains, <laughs> see, uh, see what's going on in, in the wild, wacky world of extensions. So, so um, my name is Artem Kuznetsov. Uh, I'm working for Headworks for 10 years already. Uh, started uh, here uh, at 2010 as a um, support uh, member, uh, first line of support. So basically I was, uh, had commu- I ha- uh, was having communication with the customers via tickets, via live chat. Um, and uh, then I uh, was promoted to support team lead. And uh, for the last uh, three years, three or four already, I am a product owner here. Uh, currently, my position is senior product owner. So uh, basically everything which uh, go- gets published uh, in terms of extensions uh, goes through, through me. Yeah, and I'm Alexander Gelso. Uh, I started with the Headworks uh, around eight years ago as a, a vice president of partnerships and communications. Then uh, we parted our ways for a few years, and now I'm back at chief, as chief operations officer. So then again, I'm mostly working closely with uh, Artem and Dana, other members of the team, uh, in terms of uh, moving our products further. Yeah, and and. Artem, I, I hope that you don't go back through old tickets and find communications with me because that <laughs> won't help our relationship one bit. <laughs> uh, Alex, very glad to see you back at the Headworks team. Um, I can remember some some great times out at Magento Imagine in previous years. And I remember one year that you brought some really, really good chocolate bars with you um, from yeah, Europe. So. It was actually the first year that I came to Imagine. And yeah, we brought wine and chocolates back then. I don't remember the wine, so I must not have been on on the the special list that year yet. But it was the first. So, um, but the fact that I remember the chocolate bars is scary. Um, that has to be a pretty long time ago. <laughs> and we will correct the mistake with wine next. Week. No, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. As our <laughs> listeners know, I don't need any any special uh, magic elixir to loosen me up. That I'm I'm ready to, you know, just say what's on my mind all the time. <laughs> um, so. You know, I, I know one of the biggest changes, uh, Headworks is now part of the Rave Digital team that uh, the, the Rave Infosys team and, uh, and Headworks came together um, and now formed uh, Rave Digital. How has that transition been for your team? Uh, well, um, the transition was uh, pretty th- smooth, uh, I would say. Uh, Basically, uh, not a lot of things uh, has changed since then, uh, meaning in a, in a bad way, <laughs> nothing changed in a bad way. Uh, 
small uh, adjustments were introduced in our workflow. Uh, we communicate more with uh, US and India team. Uh, the transition itself was pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, right before acquisition, uh, our new owner Ravi came here to Belarus, spent here for uh, three days, I think, uh, three or four days. Uh, had communications with our team uh, just because uh, you know um, uh, his goal uh, was, uh, as he explained, this: I'm not buying uh, products; I'm buying. Uh, uh, team, actually, uh, so uh, he understand that uh, human resources are uh, um, the most precious, uh, the most <laughs> valuable uh, thing here. Uh, it's not just to buy the code and uh, uh, go away. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it it was actually uh, pretty good. Uh, I have nothing to compare with, but uh, it doesn't, uh, it didn't affect me. Uh, any of us in a, in some bad way. I think. Well, that, that's yeah. all you, I think you can really ask for in any kind of merger acquisition it is a smooth transition. And uh, I, I know Ravi and, and the Rave team as an agency, um, they're actually uh, headquartered down here in South Florida in my neck of the woods. So I get to see the team when we're not all socially distanced and quarantined and whatever we are these days. But yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I think it's it's an interesting pairing. Um, sometimes it might be more difficult to integrate to companies that do exactly the same thing that, you know, perhaps do custom development only or or something like that, where there's very different um, processes sometimes or there's overlap in the team. And in your case, marrying together a um, an agency and, uh, you know, an extension team seems like a pretty good pairing. And I imagine that you probably run into some requests and, and needs that uh, that their team is better suited for and vice versa. And that's probably a really good, uh, a really good way of, uh, of solving people's problems. Yeah, uh, Operations-wise, uh, there is a solid distinction in these two parts of the business. Headworks remain uh, the product arm of Ray Digital family. Uh, we understand that there could be a conflict of interest with uh, other agencies, and we try to separate, in this sense, uh, separate the headworks as solely a product company that interacts with other development agencies as partners. And we, all, of course, we have a close interaction uh, with Rave Digital, and uh, we help them out uh, whenever headworks uh, can help as a partner and yeah. as a uh, as a partner company. That absolutely makes sense. I think that all of us in the partnership world, we have to walk that fine line that, for instance, when an agency brings a customer to uh, to our team here at, at JetRails, they have to be able to trust that we're going to honor that um, and we're going to try to you know, make sure that um, the customer is well taken care of and we're not just going to be pushing some other partner toward that, that customer randomly or, or something uh, is something that, that wouldn't be responsible or, or ethical. Um, you know, so I, I think that that comes with our industry that uh, you have to build relationships and you have to build trust. And that absolutely makes sense. So I, I guess, you know, that change has settled in, but uh, <laughs> the COVID-19 crisis, maybe not quite as much. What's changed for your team, specifically at, at Headworks? Yeah, uh, so first of all, uh, the 
well, about five years, uh, five weeks ago, uh, most of our team. It um, just feels uh, like five years, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah, most of uh, our teams are remote, so we're uh, working from home. Uh, me and Artem just came to the office to re- uh, record this podcast, uh, but basically, there are barely any people uh, except for us here right now. So, this was uh, one huge step uh, uh, because all of us are used to uh, live interactions within the office. So we're still learning uh, ropes here, <laughs> but yeah, get in there. Uh, other than that, in terms of business uh, sales, we're not seeing um, any significant or visible impact as of now. I would say there's a bit more fluctuations from day to day, like uh, things uh, used to be more stable uh, a couple of months ago. But uh, overall, it's pretty much uh, the same place. Uh, then we're also seeing uh, changes in demographics. Uh, we're seeing more customers from Asia. Uh, not sure how to explain it, but that, that's a fact. <laughs> and um, yeah. Um, and these customers are actually uh, the most of customers, uh, instead of writing thank you, in the end of their message, just adding "stay safe" or something like this. So, yeah, <laughs> this I, is a sign. So, yeah. I, you know, signs of the times. That it's nice yeah, yeah. though that people people stop to recognize that the world's a little bit different and and care um, and and hope for others, not just for themselves. So, uh, I'll take that as positive. I'll accept that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think good things. Um, Interesting, though, to see demand increase from Asia and, and or, or at least communications. Have yeah, you seen other trends in the Magento extension ecosystem in, in recent years? Have there been noticeable changes? I, I know that um, obviously there, there's a lot that's uh, that's changed in terms of some of the target audience of Magento um, in, in terms of the versions of Magento and um, the acquisition of Magento. Have you run into anything in particular that uh, you know that, that's been really uh, more of a, a change on on the business itself, um, or how you operate, or who you deal with? Uh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, getting back to the previous question about yeah. people from Asia, uh, we are actually not sure if they are located in Asia. Just uh, it's uh, more like we're judging by their names mostly, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, th- this is one change, and uh, we're also not sure if it's uh, related to COVID nineteen somehow, maybe uh, in part, but uh, not definitely not completely. Um, mm-hmm. As for the other changes. Um, uh, for the recent uh, years, uh, is that uh, well, when Magento stepped uh, in more like uh, higher uh, category, yeah, with the acquisition, well, Magento yeah. has started moving up market even before the above acquisition. Mm-hmm. Well, before the acquired Magento, and I would say that we are seeing this trend uh, growing stronger. Uh, we definitely see. Uh, uh, much less one-man bands, uh, like one-man operators of online stores. Uh, it's, mo- uh, well, almost every time uh, that would be a company, a business uh, that would hire a development agency or that would have in-house development team. So uh, 
this is one of the aspects. And um, uh, of course, these, uh, this reflects on the amount, on the total amount of Magento 2 stores. There are less of them, but they have uh, clearer goals probably. Uh, they have certain budgets. Uh, I would say that their budgets are probably higher on average. So uh, this would be the main change. And yeah, of course, the Magento 2 release would change the landscape uh, significantly, the overall Magento extension uh, landscape. Yeah, and speaking of uh, the people who we communicate with, uh, meaning uh, now it's more like uh, developer uh, development companies, integrators, you know, uh, it's uh, a little bit different uh, way of communicating with them. Uh, uh, what I mean is that um, when I just joined the Headworks, there was uh, uh, there were a lot of uh, people who really are not very skilled in development and uh, uh, you had to explain uh, some uh, things that uh, can be basic for uh, someone. Uh, for example, uh, funny cases, uh, when I just joined, uh, uh, we had communications with some guy from India uh, and uh, we told that you need to set up cron uh, uh, set up your cron job uh, this uh, everything sh should work uh, since then and uh, uh, then next the next day he uh, came back and said oh my store is broken everything is broken have a look <laughs> and our technical guys opened the uh, on PHP file and <laughs> there is nothing there. Only one <laughs> sentence like "Please run every five minutes," <laughs> and that's all. Oh my word! <laughs> so you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, that was. That I was I I would mistake. love to see uh, that one line. Um, but <laughs> you know, it happens. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, luckily you that people that. had somewhere to turn and that your support team was there. Um, yeah. But uh, that, that's the equivalent, you know, so, somebody calling you because their computer won't start, but it's not plugged in. You know, yeah. you're not going to get very far with that. Uh, I would say I've also seen an improvement in the overall uh, quality um, of knowledge um, from folks in the industry through the years, both because there are just more professionals in the industry. And so, you know, there's more people you can turn to that have the experience and, and understanding. Um, but also because on average the sites are bigger that i'm running into fewer sites that are sort of you know homespun uh, e-commerce sites built on magento and so the businesses that have them that they're investing a little bit differently into good development teams or, or internal developers or what have you that uh, you know uh, that are going to be more advanced than that that's well, that, everyone that's started somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Everyone started somewhere. That's for sure. Uh, very well and said. Now the entry level of uh, Magento is much higher, uh, right? You can just uh, finish some uh, online PHP courses and start building uh, something in Magento. Uh, you need to learn specifics of uh, the platform. Uh, so the average level of the developers uh, is much higher than it uh, was back then. Uh, so, yeah, and communication is different, different needs, different demands. Uh, also, there is much more resources uh, nowadays, both provided by Magento and by the community. But there's much more information now regarding proper practices. And absolutely. And, and more certifications. I mean, I don't... Yeah. 
I don't always look at the certifications as the be all end all answer to somebody's actual firsthand experience. You know, you can have a degree and have no real world practical experience uh, and, and not really be uh, you know ready to hit the ground running. But it's still there's a lot that you can do um, that's a really good sign or, or that really gives you a leg up um, to be farther ahead to be able to to do more. So. Uh, glad to hear that at least uh, from the support mechanisms that you have, that that's noticeable, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that we can see that improvement. And, you know, I, I guess we know that an amount of some of those startups, um, those homespun businesses, you know, built from a coffee table or a kitchen table or a garage, or, that they're often going SaaS these days. Do you get any feedback from the market on, um, you know, the users that you work with, why they've they've stuck open source, why they've continued forward with Magento? Um, you know, by the numbers, we certainly don't see uh, the same volume of adoption of Magento 2 as we saw in Magento 1, although we see bigger sites and higher quality sites. Uh, do you see any, uh, you know, any feedback from merchants that go in one direction or another? Uh, yeah, uh, first of all, uh, when Magento started uh, 10, more than 10 years ago, yes, 2009, I think, 2009, yeah, uh, there was uh, much less uh, options. Did mm -hmm. I say it right? Much yeah, less? Yeah. <laughs> Fewer options. Yeah. So uh, if you want to go uh, open source, you select Magento, otherwise... I don't know. Uh, Shopify was uh, was already there. Not I particularly. I, I don't remember what year Shopify started, but I don't think it was. Well, even once it did, it took a while to come of age. Um, the same with other SaaS platforms, you know, big commerce and so on. And some, I'd say, you know, started off a little bit stronger. That there were Yahoo stores, and um, there's still, you know, to my knowledge, some some folks on platforms like Volusion, um, but you know, winners and losers over time, you just couldn't meet the business requirements on a lot of those SaaS platforms, even once they did become available. So they were really young and uh, didn't have a lot of apps or, or a lot of uh, ability. Yeah. Um, you know, that's true. Financially, for, for the stores that's uh, starting out, uh, starting out there, it may make uh, more sense to go with the SaaS uh, for the starters. But if you have any specific requirements, if you need uh, flexibility of open source, then there's, there aren't uh, many options apart from Magento. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to tie this back to something related to Aheadworks. But I imagine that, you know, when I've seen bigger stores try to go SaaS, they often spend a lot of money in monthly recurring fees for the SaaS platform. Um, things like credit card processing that are often baked in. Um, they wind up paying for a lot of monthly apps. And I imagine that you're part of the reason <laughs> that folks like to stay Magento. Not only um, is the code on-prem, they have access, they can edit and customize. It's more flexible. They, um, you know, they, they can get more custom with their site but they don't necessarily have all those long-term ongoing fees where basically they have all these partners <laughs> sharing the revenue on an ongoing basis. That is true. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I heard from many customers that uh, they uh, don't like the idea of paying monthly fee and just uh, 
uh, regular phrases, uh, don't milk me every month, something like this. Um, so uh, when you buy, uh, when you got an extension, but it's, uh, uh, it's your code and uh, you are free to do everything with it, uh, modify it uh, according to your requirements and uh, you don't have to worry about anything that sudden changes. And the data remains within right. the web yeah. hosting uh, environment, you know, it's owned by the client. When you start to get into all those apps, sometimes th that's another concern that, you know, the data is not all yours. Um, you know, in an age where merchants are competing uh, with uh, marketplaces like Amazon that, you know, you sell on Amazon, Amazon knows exactly what's your top seller <laughs> and, uh, and, and they can see everything. Um, you know, I, I think there's something to be said still for the open source world and um, a little bit of uh, controlling your own destiny. You know, going back to changes in the last few years, how has the rollout of the Magento Marketplace gone for your team? I imagine that it has changed some of your processes and some of your resource allocation. Um, has that been a good thing? Uh, you know, has, has it... Um, would you say that it's a net benefit to the users and and to your company? Yeah, uh, the main uh, first of all, uh, uh, I regularly uh, reg regularly sorry uh, see uh, some kind of uh, especially on Reddit uh, people just um, uh, writing that uh, they don't trust that Magento Marketplace is actually testing the extensions. Well. Uh, <laughs> the news are they really do. Um, the testing is uh, quite a thorough process. Uh, first of all, they are running uh, just when you submit the, uh, the new version, uh, they are running uh, automatic testing. And we also, in our pipeline, also uh, implemented this, uh, this exact uh, testing. But, uh, not practices. There are uh, stand yeah standards yeah. right. Uh, so uh, all our extensions uh, automatically gets tested on our side, and then um, we uh, pass them to a Magento uh, marketplace. They uh, run automatic tests. Uh, they are running uh, installation. Uh, they they checking the code for uh, plagiarism, uh, copy and pasting. Um, uh, and uh, then the, the final stage, uh, and I'm speaking about only technical review here. The final stage is a manual testing, and uh, this is uh, actually can be very tough because uh, uh, when they find uh, one bug, they just send in it back, and uh, you fix this bug, <laughs> send in uh, to to review again. Uh, and uh, they find another bug, and <laughs> this can can go quite a long. Uh, uh, this can take quite a long time, actually, to to get your. So, uh, so this is published. this is an expense in essence, um, but it's helping to institute best practice. So yes. I guess so that definitely that makes and sense. I know that our team has a couple of free extensions out there. And so we go through some of that as well, that in order to put out something free for the community, <laughs> there's, uh, there's definitely process and requirement yeah. there. Um, yeah, probably they do not uh, test every possible uh, extension for, for example, uh, you need to have a sandbox uh, when you want to test a payment module. And it's not always uh, 
uh, this trivial to get a sandbox. You need to sign up as merchant, get some merchant uh, uh, keys uh, for sandbox, et cetera, et cetera. So they so, could look at coding best practice, coding standards, but yeah. they they don't necessarily manually test against the payment gateway in a for a payment extension yes, or something yes, like that. Right. That makes uh, sense. But, so, yes, but, uh, but when it comes to just extension, like uh, extension of some, uh, without any connection to external service, uh, they definitely... Uh, checking it, uh, sending feedback, sending videos, how to reproduce the problem. Uh, sometimes it gets very tricky when we cannot reproduce this bug and they can and they send video, we do the same and uh, mm-hmm. nothing uh, nothing is reproducible. Uh, it comes down to spe- uh, specifics of uh, environment uh, where, where they testing. So, but but you you cannot pass this manual stage uh, anyway. Hmm. At least, at least, I think maybe this uh, uh, they have separate approach for different uh, uh, tiers for like for partners. It should be more thorough review. I don't know, uh, but for us, this is uh, this is tough reality. Yeah, there's there's no uh, skipping not, it. Not actually tough uh, because uh, when the extension gets published on marketplace, it yeah. means that uh, it's like a quality seal, something like this, and. Uh, well, and, and that was a big part of going from the original Magento Connect uh, site to the Magento Marketplace, where I used to call Magento Connect the Wild West because merchants yeah. <laughs> would find something there and they'd think, oh, it's listed there. It must be okay. You know, they didn't just randomly find it in Google. Well, no, <laughs> um, it was just basically a directory of listings. People could put up whatever they wanted. And, and I, that, I guess that's another net benefit to the marketplace that they're doing a marketing review. So for better or worse, they're also reviewing what the content actually says and hopefully to some extent trying to keep it a little bit more standardized and and honest and valuable, making sure that certain things are uh, are disclosed one way or the other. So so, some net benefit. Uh, Yeah, and uh, this uh, from this perspective, uh, meaning... Uh, if you pass marketplace, then it's a quality sign, uh, sign of quality. So uh, I can tell that all our ex- uh, extensions for Magento One are currently uh, listed. Magento Two. Oh, for, sorry, for for Magento <laughs> Two, uh, currently listed uh, on marketplace. And uh, yeah, uh, and if you uh, go and check uh, uh, for, uh, just like go to Magento Marketplace, check the. Uh, 2.3 version, and uh, you will see that uh, a lot of extensions uh, by Headworks on the, the very first page. So we are taking proud of it. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of hard work there. W- yeah. Would you say, thinking about Magento 1 and 2, at the, the patches that have been put out for Magento 1 in recent time have been pretty minimal and, and mundane, small patches, most of the work that your teams had to do in terms of upkeeping extensions would that be mainly the Magento 2 extensions because there's just not much change to the M1 extensions one way or the other? Uh, yes, pretty much. And like the vast majority of our resources uh, going with Magento 2. There's not much support of Magento 1 extensions. I would say that there aren't many sales as well. Like uh, the people, uh, I would say that the way it looks from our end, uh, M1 merchants are not uh, actively looking to expand the current functionality of their M1 stores. So uh, with M2, it's a different story. 
Yeah. Uh, M1's an old car. They're they're not going to put a bunch of new parts in, you know, they're just yeah. going to maintain it and keep it running. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of support requests, it's also kept to the minimum. Yeah. I think a lot of us in the industry are seeing the same that, you know, as a web host, we put together programs to help people stay secure after end of life and um, give them a leg up for keeping their PCI compliance intact. Uh, but, you know, that's that's being dealt with merchant by merchant, um, you know, that not everyone is going to follow those practices. Not everyone's going to have exactly the same needs. Um, you know, for instance, there are some stores that um, their online catalogs are such they don't take credit cards. Their focus isn't specifically PCI compliance, but security might, uh, you know, or, or should hopefully continue to be very important. There are other stores that are locked down to only whitelisted IPs and things that are for select uses and, and you know, B2B uh, behind the scenes uh, use case. And so again, you know, security for them might needs might be different than it, they are for another particular store. Um, so we try not to um, look at it uh, as an all or nothing either. Um, but, you know, our, our goal is to continue to support merchants, how they need to be supported. Um, but let's get back to you. Merchants need the support. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to is that, and especially right now, I, I'd like to think that there are merchants that their cash flow isn't what it was. Um, there are other reasons why they may not have, the, you know, their, uh, a new site launched when they thought that they would or um, have some of the options that they might have had previously. So we just want to take away whatever um, whatever pressure we can and let people continue to operate as, uh, as safely and effectively as possible. Um, but, uh, you know, and we know that not all web hosts, not all payment processors, not, not all any are, are really uh, putting a ton of focus on those particular users. Um, but it's a changing landscape. And, and speaking of, um, you know, how has the competition in the Magento uh, extension ecosystem evolved in recent years? I imagine that the Magento marketplace probably chased out some of the very low quality uh, stuff that had been produced previously, maybe it's, as, as I'd say, thinned the herd a bit. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, maybe Magento user needs have changed a little bit with some of the functionality of M2 and with the average user being a bit larger on M2 than, than the original Magento 1 user base. Have you seen any impact on, you know, who you're competing with or, or who else is out there building extensions uh, you know, out there in the marketplace? Uh, well, for, uh, for competition, I can say that uh, I don't see a lot of newcomers uh, in the extensions uh, space. Uh, at least maybe I'm just uh, don't see it. I don't, maybe I just don't know about them. Uh, but when I search for something in Google, I see the same old faces, uh, uh, same co uh, competitors which we had in M1 era. Uh, they all they are on on the first few pages of uh, of Google. So, if there are any newcomers, they are definitely struggling with uh, uh, SEO. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and I so. imagine that you know when you have a team like yours, the merchants have often been on the platform for a while. The developers have certainly often been part of the ecosystem for a while. 
And so there's an amount of trust that they know your support team, they know the success that they've had in the past. I'm, I, I, I'd like to think that it could be hard for a newcomer to break into a community like this where there is history. Um, you know, especially because there's also history of a lot of bad extensions and bad extension developers, uh, and not thinking of that in a personal way, just, you know, when, when you have extensions that are, uh, that, that wind up with security issues or wind up, um, you know, work, having a lot of conflicts and not, that don't get worked out very well, things like that, a lot of wasted dev time and support time. And, um, you know, I, I guess people don't want to be burned. Um, yeah. And, and and the cost of, of uh, mistake is higher uh, now. So yes, yes, higher than ever. Um, you know, especially because I think more users are following best practice. They're doing things in a development environment, pushing it up to staging, publishing it up to live. So they're testing it in different stages. That process takes more resource. And if it's a bigger site, if there is you know a bug or problem that makes it up to live, that's going to have a bigger impact. You know, more traffic, more sales impacted, whatever it may be. So I guess that that all makes some logical sense. Uh, how has the breakdown for you remains, considering that on average the merchants might be larger, when it comes to Magento uh, Commerce, Magento Enterprise Edition, and uh, the Community Edition, Magento Open Source, as we now know it? Yeah, we take, uh, in terms of um, sales, in terms of amount of orders, uh, 80% would go to Magento open source and about 20% would go to Magento commerce. Um, it's been pretty stable for the past year. So I wouldn't say that there are any drastic changes there, but yeah, that's overall uh, the picture that we see. And, um, you know, th thinking in that vein, <laughs> uh, I know that Magento commerce extensions, the enterprise extensions typically sell for a little bit of a premium. Is that because you're going to sell maybe, you know, one out of five or one out of six extensions are going to be enterprise? Um, and, uh, you know, so there's less volume, so you have to make up for it in some way? Or is there is there some logic that, that specifically goes through how you price um, community versus enterprise commerce versus open source? Yeah, that as well. First of all, uh, the market itself is smaller. Of course, they had bigger budgets, but uh, the amount of uh, Magento Commerce uh, merchants is smaller, way smaller uh, than Magento Open Source. Then uh, also, we still need to uh, test our products thoroughly on Magento Commerce. And uh, Magento Commerce has its own unique features and uh, architecture peculiarities that we also have to take into account. Uh, also, uh, in order to have access to Magento Commerce uh, license and Magento Commerce code, uh, we need to be a partner and we need to pay partner fee <laughs> on top of uh, everything else. Yeah. And we uh, need to keep uh, maintaining that high level of quality that we're famous for. So uh, all these coming together, yes, it results in uh, somewhat uh, higher prices for Magento uh, Commerce licenses. but Mm. we're thinking about lowering all of our prices all the time. It's just that uh, we're, we're in a very uh, competitive market and uh, it's not like it doesn't uh, occur to us that uh, it'll be great if we charge less. But 
Well, and I imagine not every extension winds up selling quite as much as as you'd hope that there's an amount of investment that you make into these and some of this has to average out that at the end of the day, you have to be able to have an operating budget. So uh, especially without specific recurring revenue in most cases where you're selling one-off items, you've got to be able to set it at a price where you can provide quality. Yeah, definitely. The support uh, part of, of the question, you know, uh, uh, you need uh, more knowledgeable resources to work with Magenta Enterprise. When someone uh, from uh, uh, with Magenta Commerce license uh, come to support, uh, you know, their their demands are quite uh, specific. Uh, you need to have some uh, certain amount of knowledge just to understand what they want to. Uh, to do, they speak different language. Uh, they, they have uh, sometimes they have uh, a very special vocabulary, uh, especially for B two B part of business. So uh, it's all uh, stacks with uh, uh, it's all stacks, and uh, uh, in the end, we've got uh, uh, some amount of uh, magenta commerce uh, clients, uh, and we need to put a lot of effort just to support this, uh, to offer the uh, uh, proper level, uh, to offer a proper level of support to them. Yeah. Yeah. The one that enterprise great companies would expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that they're also expecting very fast response times compared to yeah, maybe definitely. a smaller store that can wait over the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah. In some cases, um, they're really looking for, for very fast turnaround time. With yeah. keeping commerce... In mind, um, I know that some of your extensions add functionality that comes with Magento Commerce. I imagine that that helps out a lot of smaller users that um, you know that aren't yet at a point of going to commerce that don't have that budget or that you know a cost benefit analysis of going to Magento Commerce. It's just not going to align for them. That commerce is great when it's the right fit. Um, open source is great when it's the right fit. Are there particular extensions that, that you think help to bridge that gap um, to help some of those smaller open source users have have some of those commerce style features? It's, uh, uh, reward points, gift card. Uh, uh, recently, we uh, we started to work on B two B line of products. Uh, of course, we don't. Uh, 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 we don't compete with uh, Magento, uh, of course, yeah, uh, uh, enterprise because uh, uh, it's not the point. The point is to help smaller businesses to grow, uh, and then possibly get on Magento Commerce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why not? yeah. I mean, you know, we run into the same. We host Magento open source sites. We host Magento Commerce sites. But we don't necessarily see it as as a pure competition with Magento Commerce Cloud, for instance, that they're very different products. Our support team picks up the phone in 10 seconds for anything and everything. The you know the, the style support that Magento Commerce Cloud provides is is differentiated. Um, you know, so we wind up with, with folks that have more of that high-touch monitoring and maintenance and management, you know, support need. Uh, you know, the same way that we auto scale horizontally and vertically, we take on categories that they don't like CBD, we deal with compliances like HIPAA that, that they don't. And so we find that there is an amount uh, of, of the time where we're very complementary. 
um, where the ecosystem needs both of us to, to exist based upon what we do and what they do in order to meet the needs of different types of businesses, different style businesses. So just the same, uh, you know, folks that need a more tailored environment that want to run WordPress or specific extensions or other things in the environment that, that won't operate um, in, in a more rigid uh, prefab Magento cloud environment, they need a, an environment that's going to architect around them like JetRails will provide. That's not everyone. Um, and so we do try to make sure that, you know, we're there as part of the Magento community and ecosystem and not in conflict in any way that, uh, you know, we don't think that uh, we don't think ill of anyone, I hope. Um, it, it's just about what's right for the merchant um, and what, what's right at that time for them. Um, and, and with the, the budgets and, and other concerns in mind, um, you know, so. No, I, I'd applaud that that kind of thinking that, uh, you know, when we all, when the free market gets to do what it's supposed to do and the user gets to determine what makes the most sense for their business, I think we all win. I, I think that when, um, and that's what's made Magento a great ecosystem. That's what's made events like Magento Imagine, which I, I miss very much this year, uh, as fantastic as it's been. It's not monopolies in the industry. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's open source. It's choice. Yeah, and also um, some enterprise merchants uh, choose our extensions, uh, which actually are covered by uh, by uh, default in Magento. Yeah, the price, like uh, like uh, RMA, those points. Uh, if, uh, you know, because um, sometimes uh, our extensions are built with a little bit, a bit different uh, strategy in mind, or uh, it. It, uh, for example, it offers some features that lacks in Magento uh, Commerce. So, uh, and there is not po popular enough demand for Magento to seriously consider including it. Uh, yeah, the they they can't be working on everything all at once um, and meet every possible need. There's also, I imagine that there are some people that upgrade um, from open source to commerce. And their data is sitting in, in one of your extensions, like gift cards or, or such. And it makes more sense to continue forward with that than to try to transform and migrate the data into the Magento Commerce feature set. So if you're sitting with reward points and in a Headworks extension, that it might just be easier to continue to use in a Headworks extension, even if you go to Commerce. Um, you know, just about, uh, you know, again, you know, it's, it's a cost-benefit analysis. What's going to work out for that user? What's going to be the most cost-effective and logical for them in that moment um, yeah. in some cases? Sticking with uh, with what you've already been doing can just be advantageous to the business, um, even if you're upgrading your software to commerce. Um, and then again, and, everyone wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, were there extensions that that you found? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering as oh, no, you no. you <laughs> you made that that transition from from Magento one to Magento two in terms of a majority of the business. Uh, and, and demand and such. Are there extensions? I, I know a lot of your catalog had to have moved from M1 to M2. Were there some that didn't move forward because Magento 2 just handled something natively or that you moved forward from Magento 1 to 2, but the demand just wasn't the same? Um, any particular experiences in, in that growth in the last you know, four or five years of, uh, you know, of really changing the focus to M2, which sounds like it's the same thing, but it's just not. 
Yeah. Uh, the best example would be uh, minimum advertised price, which is uh, included in Magento now and uh, fulfills um, most of merchant need, I think. Uh, also, uh, multi-source inventory. We didn't have this uh, back in Magento One. We, uh, I believe, we considered this, uh, but uh, didn't make it. And now we've got MSI built in uh, for uh, for everyone. Uh, so, also uh, speaking of extensions which were built, uh, well, we knew that it will be uh, the case, uh, but still, uh, Ajax had to. Uh, Ajax Card uh, Pro extension uh, is not that successful as uh, it used to be back then, mm. uh, just because um, uh, uh, when it was like Magenta 1.4, Magenta uh, until Magenta 1.7, I believe, uh, it, wa it wasn't uh, uh, many themes with responsive design and so on and so forth. Uh, so, uh, you you couldn't uh, get rid of uh, page reloads uh, unless you've got this uh, extension uh, when you add something to cart. And uh, then uh, teams evolving, uh, Magenta 2 evolves, and now uh, you basically have this uh, um, add to cart feature with, without page reload. So this extension gets uh, obsolete. But it's, it's normal. It's just uh, everything evolves. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, and I imagine there's probably some extensions that you put out, like, you know, you mentioned MSI, uh, the yeah. multi-source inventory, that that didn't come out with 2.0. So, you know, there yeah. are probably things that you brought over and that eventually as new features have been released for M2, that, uh, that, that the, the need for an extension might have changed. So I guess that's always got to be part of the, the business plan is that you have to <laughs> expect the unexpected. Um, as the roadmap evolves and uh, as new features. Yeah, but the, good, the good thing is uh, that uh, when you've got MSI now uh, accessible for everyone, not only Magento Commerce, uh, you can build uh, something on top of MSI. And yeah. uh, this whole another story, and uh, uh, it's, it's actually good. Uh, so I don't see any problem here. Uh, same, uh, same question. Uh, uh, goes for uh, like uh, what happens when uh, Magento adds something uh, new and you've got extension for it. Well, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> uh, I imagine that, that that's happening with, uh, you know, even in some cases, people building custom extensions or things that are going to work with um, the newer PWA studio, um, yeah. folks building things that are going to work with some of the Magento B2B features that were released a year or two ago which are still rather young, um, just like MSI is still rather young. So I, I guess that some of these, they, they probably open up opportunity as opposed to closing doors. That's really an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, Magenta raises awareness uh, with such releases. Uh, more merchants realize that they actually need these features. Some merchants, like between merchants, they didn't even consider uh, Magento as a choice, as a platform of their choice. Uh, before Magento started uh, moving in that direction. And then again, everyone wins. And uh, apart from uh, building uh, our own B2B functionality, uh, we can also expand on things that Magento provides. We can cover more use cases here. We can be valuable to more merchants. Yeah. And you know, I know one of the extensions that I expected 
perhaps erroneously, uh, to go down and demand was Magento 1 had a five-step checkout. Magento 2 natively offers a two-step checkout. And, uh, you know, so I, I just assumed that some of the one-step checkout extensions wouldn't be as popular, but I know that that's well showcased on your site. What's the experience been with that? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, native Magento checkout is good, but uh, uh, we've got our own uh, extension and it's actually one of our top sellers. So uh, it's not like... Uh, if Magenta has uh, some functionality that uh, nobody needs this extension anymore. Uh, well, a lot of businesses have uh, their own uh, requirements. And uh, if uh, our checkout uh, satisfies their requirements, that's, that is good. Uh, also, you know, uh, in fact, uh, some merchants customize our extension, our one-step checkout. So it uh, looks like... Uh, uh, all the uh, five five step checkout uh, in in Magento because <laughs> it's it's actually uh, it worked. It, yes, it yeah. worked uh, because uh, because uh, if you think uh, uh, for uh, you know merchants know their audience right, and uh, for older people maybe it's easier to go step by step instead of uh, just seeing this whole. Uh, yeah, because depending on the device that someone's using, you know, you have the data and your analytics uh, yeah. and, and you can test, you know, you can, I mean, it, it's not impossible to collect data on both and see what's going to perform over time. So that, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. If you take any piece of functionality, it's almost never one size fits all, especially when it comes to Magento. Like many businesses have their unique needs and they need to cover these needs one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and so if one-step checkout is still, you know, a really a, a top seller, uh, an in-demand extension, what else is is really in, in demand from your experience? So whatever you're willing to share on that topic, uh, have you seen that some of your other extensions are really, uh, you know, continuing to go strong for you and, and, uh, and really meet the, the demands of the market? Uh, well, blog extension is another top seller. And actually, uh, this one is especially popular in uh, enterprise, uh, for enterprise merchants. Uh, many uh, of people are moving for, from WordPress blog to our extension. Uh, just, I guess, because... Uh, it's a good fit. Uh, it works with page builder and, uh, uh, you know, you've got all the data in the same, like in the same box. Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, all these security problems, uh, which is um, WordPress notoriously famous for. Uh, <laughs> actually, oh, yeah. at least it used to be uh, famous for. I don't know about uh, uh, what's going on there now. Uh, in terms of security, but uh, I, I'm in the middle of, of writing up uh, for a partner a blog post, an article on WordPress security, and I'm already over 3,000 words. It feels like it's turning into a term paper. So I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, just like Magento security, I think any of these CMS systems come with their own security challenges. And so you really do need to step up to the plate with them. Um, and, and there's, you know, maintenance and monitoring and management of, of the platform. So I'm, I'm with you there that it makes absolute sense that for a lot of folks, if they just need a blog, 
um, to leverage a system like yours. Yeah, especially because uh, our extension uh, uh, better integrates with Magenta. You know, you you can one database. Uh, yeah, yeah, one database. You can put uh, the products uh, and uh, with add to cart button right into the blog post. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, things uh, which can be um, can be of good use for merchant, not only enterprise merchant, but also in community uh, merchant. Uh, next. Um, also, we've got uh, advanced subscription products, uh, which is my favorite product hmm. <laughs> of all. Uh, it's very complicated, but uh, I, I can tell that uh, this is one of the best extensions uh, uh, in, the, in the ecosystem. So, yeah, sub, uh, one of the best subscription extensions, uh, one of the most cool features. Uh, also, layered navigation, which is <laughs> which is also bundled into Magento for a long time. Uh, still. Yeah, you know, faceted search for search filters. It's yeah. pretty much a requirement for any site that has any serious volume of product, you yeah. know, <laughs> for search results for category pages. I don't know how you live without it. Yeah, so la- layered navigation also. Uh, add free product to cart, uh, a, a small extension, but... Uh, it's very popular, and also gift card is very popular. Hmm. These these are top extensions. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's fluctuating from month to month, but uh, yeah. top three are one step checkout block and subscription block. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the current crisis has any effect on what's in demand. If anything changes in that that normal, you know, top three, top mm-hmm. top five, top ten list. Uh, just because you know user needs are, are different at the moment, shoppers are looking for something uh, in terms of the experience or functionality a little bit differently. Well, it it would be uh, an interesting idea, but uh, you know the problem here is uh, that um, you don't go and buy extension just, just like. I want this extension. No, I will go with uh, unless there's uh, a need, like right now, people setting up for curbside pickup and they need some kind of a shipping system, like a shipper HQ or yeah. or something in in a rush. Uh, so, I imagine that there's a limited amount of those sorts of activities at any given time. Yeah. And so, uh, extension purchase is somewhat. Uh, yeah. um, you know, I, to make a decision, you know, you yeah, need to, I mean, other than something like GDPR that comes up, I don't imagine that there's too many things that just, you know, rise to the top very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, seeing from, from a support perspective, it's not like, uh, uh someone just buy extension and uh, the next day goes live with it. Uh, sometimes people buy extensions in advance, uh, several months in advance, uh, for example, uh, the dev agency got a project. They uh, buy all the extensions and then install it by one by one uh, during several months. So mm-hmm. uh, you know it's very difficult to see an immediate demand uh, caused yeah. by COVID nineteen or something else. I got pulled into a conversation with a partner last week, if if my memory is is working. Uh, and they were asking how small could we get a dev server set up because it's not going to be the live instance. It's not going to be a live production environment. And that's all quite normal. Um, and they're estimating that the Magento 2 build is going to be, I think it was 9 to 12 months, um, which even for my, t- you know, that, that's a pretty 
significant build. <laughs> That's a pretty significant project plan. So, you know, looking at that, you know, it made sense that they were going to try to minimize the dev server budget. But when you think about that, that, you know, and who knows exactly what the, the hard launch date will be, you know, that those te- things come up in testing, things happen. I'd like to assume that with that kind of a, a lead time that, um, you know, that there's a pretty generous amount of, uh, of buffer time built in for anything that might come up. But nonetheless, uh, you know, yeah, people, I, I see where you're coming from. People could be buying things that don't get implemented for quite some time. Um, you know, speaking of, would you say that, I guess, you know, in some ways it's hard to, to differentiate against others. Um, are, are most users buying through the Magento marketplace today or a lot still coming straight to your site? Is that, is it a, an interesting breakdown? Yeah, I'd say that's uh, around 80% are uh, buying directly from us, and then probably 20% of revenue goes through Magento Marketplace. So it's a valuable channel, but uh, still we're selling more through our website directly. So that, that um, gives you more opportunity to differentiate yourselves because you're not being necessarily purchased just from a marketplace, a commodity site. You're actually, you know, able to provide richer content and more unique experience yourself, just like you, you hope that merchants are able to. Yeah, yeah. as we position ourselves, we, and we want to keep positioning ourselves as a quality or quantity, so to say. And markets, marketplace helps here because uh, merchants and development agencies know about the process that all extensions uh, go through in order to be published there. So it's kind of a helping hand, but still, yeah, we have... We have a chance to uh, position ourselves uh, in the way that we want, uh, using our own website, using our resources. That makes sense. And you know, all of your your Magento two extensions are are in the marketplace, and it sounded like some of the the Magento one extensions as well uh, got submitted in into that process. I have noticed historically. I know we talked a little bit about pricing between commerce and open source. Uh, Magento 2 extensions typically look a little bit more expensive than, than Magento 1. Is that partly because of that process of certification? Is it because of something intrinsic to Magento 2 itself that the cost of building and maintaining an extension is a little bit higher? We also touched on there being a, a little bit of a smaller user base perhaps for Magento 2 compared to Magento 1, which was just, you know... a, a a wider user base in the SMB market has, has that, you know, have all those things kind of contributed to how you price Magento two extension versus uh, the list prices on M one extensions. Yeah. uh, um, All this, um, all these points are definitely also, uh, as I said earlier, entry level is, is higher. So you cannot just uh, take any uh, developer who can code PHP you need to know uh, Magento framework. Uh, you need to adhere some standards. You need to have some experience with uh, exactly with Magento working. So uh, uh, development costs are higher because of this uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you, yeah. you could buy a car a little bit cheaper in 2008 than you could in 2020 because... 
now you have to have a rear view camera built in and, uh, you know, and airbags and all kinds of things that, you know, give or take, uh, you know, what, what was required as a hard requirement in vehicles. It's, you know, different emission standards that you've got to account for, for some of that. It's, it's interesting yeah, how that whole process works. Uh, the platform uh, got uh, more complicated. You need to consider such things as GDPR compliance. Uh, obviously, <laughs> now obviously, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So uh, it's uh, the development is more complicated. You need to consider uh, compatibility with Magenta Enterprise, uh, Magenta Commerce platform. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't support some particular feature which is specific to uh, Magenta Commerce, we still need to be sure that nothing gets broken if if it will be installed on Magenta Commerce. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, and because a lot of these things are so open, um, you know, cause they're meant to be customized and, and edited and, uh, and to really be able to fit the wide range of users. Have you ever had problems with, with folks copying any of your work? I know that I do run into, uh, stories like that in the Magento ecosystem from time to time where, um, I guess, you know, in some ways it's flattering, uh, that, that someone appreciates your work, but in other ways, economically, that, that can be a little bit uh, challenging. Yeah, that used to be a problem with Magento One. Uh, I think there are even a few public uh, places where you can find some information about us being copied. <laughs> like we did some claims, there were some wars. Yeah. Uh, it's no, it's not really a case for Magento Two. Uh, at least, uh, it's not as noticeable for us. Like. Perhaps minor things like uh, design well, or UX decisions. Yeah. It used to be the problem when uh, someone just uh, buy an extension from us and rename it. Uh, and sells it as their sell, own. And sells it as their own. Uh, oh, yes, very nice of them. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do some business. Some cases and spend some time just uh, <laughs> checking uh, constantly uh, Magento uh, not marketplace uh, connect yeah magenta yeah. connect so we were looking to uh, demos and see if we can uh, see uh, the code which is identical to our ones uh, our code uh, uh, we just started claiming is it's not the case uh, with magenta 2 at least uh, we didn't know uh, didn't notice any occurrences of exactly code stealing but uh, you know, uh, there is such thing as um, the code is just uh, just uh, like uh, it doesn't matter what the code is uh, if you steal the uh, uh, steal the idea, and the idea is more important. And uh, sometimes I see that uh, well, actually, uh, not only uh, so people copying uh, some functionality. Uh, and to put it in their extensions. Uh, you can uh, just uh, see. Uh, you you can take any extension. I think uh, in the Magento ecosystem, uh, like RMA, for example, right? Uh, the purpose of the extension is clear. Uh, but um, when we come up with some feature, uh, we do um, customer interviews. Uh, we uh, just gain the knowledge why this feature is important, etc., uh, uh, etc., et and then we see that someone just copied without uh, understanding uh, 
what this feature actually does. So uh, just putting some button uh, or uh, enabling some feature is not enough. Uh, you need to understand uh, uh, the reason behind this feature, why what is needed. So uh, it's uh, sometimes it's clearly seen that uh, someone just took the idea without understanding uh, why is. Uh, Plagiarism Without doesn't often work that right. well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you turn in that, uh, th that book report in school and you never really read the book. <laughs> hard when the teacher asks you a question. Um, very hard to support the extensions, I imagine, if you're selling something that you didn't write. Um, speaking of, of what the extensions actually do, I brought up GDPR earlier, and that's a topic that we hear a little bit less about today, but um, it, it's one that I, I actually wonder, what does a GDPR extension uh, for Magento actually do? I understand the purpose of, of GDPR, and I, I happen to know a lot of the mechanics of it, a lot of the, the hard requirements, but what does an extension actually solve when it comes to GDPR? Uh, when it comes to GDPR, uh, so uh, you know that uh, GDPR is set of, uh, uh, is set of rights, uh, which allows a user uh, to have something uh, uh, to, to be more uh, in control of their data. Yeah, right, uh, in control of their data. And uh, our extension covers some of the rights. Uh, in total, I believe they are in total 14 rights. And we cover a right to be forgotten, uh, which is basically uh, uh, you can uh, demand... Uh, erase all, all your data, uh, the right to access information uh, so that uh, you as a user can uh, just ask what you what information about me have you got? And um, the extension provide this information, helps to provide this information in a human readable form. Uh, also, there is a right to transfer, uh, right to transfer the information, which is kind of uh, right to access, but it's uh, uh, provide uh, helps uh, the extension provides to uh, helps to provide this information in machine readable form in XML, um, and also it collects uh, customer consent for data processing. Uh, again, uh, about so it, GDPR, it just does one little thing. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> lots it, of moving parts. Uh, yes, uh, uh, again, getting back to uh, the ideas. Uh, so when uh, when GDPR. Uh, just was coming into force. Uh, there was a lot of misunderstanding. Uh, what should uh, what should merchant have? Uh, what uh, what extensions should do? And uh, there was some uh, uh, some decisions made by uh, other companies, uh, which are quite strange. Uh, so, for example, uh, uh, if a customer uh, wants to erase their data, the extension would just erase everything, including uh, sales orders, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, but uh, you, you should keep the uh, sales uh, data for other uh, subjects like, um, uh, so there are some laws that uh, are higher than GDPR, for example, law that prevents money laundering. <laughs> if you just delete the, <laughs> all sales, uh, 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 you cannot do this and uh, this law uh, uh, says that uh, in Europe at least you need to keep sales data for like 10 years and it doesn't make sense if extension uh, just 
even if it's not if it doesn't delete uh, the orders uh, themselves it just uh, corrupts all the data so you cannot see uh, who purchased it uh, purchased yeah because it. it's all you know related so, data it's it's a relational so, database so i could see where that's going to become troubles yeah. that's interesting i haven't actually know, heard that uh that particular issue before uh, and uh, this is uh, quite actually a quite a good example uh, about uh, those who made their homework and those who not yeah so <laughs> so we did uh, read this all this uh, gdpr um uh, uh regulations yeah uh, yes uh, and uh, uh uh, so uh, and uh, the other people just uh, read some blogs, uh, which uh, was copied someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So this this is exactly uh, a good example of uh, of copying without understanding. Yeah. Look, this is sometimes it's people wanting to you know hear what they hear, or they they stop reading before they get to the end. Um, I, I suppose we run into some of that with different compliances and. You know, people want to say, oh, you know, I'm using this secure payment gateway and so I'm PCI compliant. Well, if your site's hacked and takes over the site, you know, before the checkout or something else doesn't mean that you don't have some implications and that, uh, you know, that, that, that the, the payment industry, you know, from Visa and, and, and others down are going to be very happy with you and really want you to continue to run credit cards and, and that they're not going to look to fine you or, or do anything that there's... Um, you know, there are things that are required of people um, to to play by by certain rules. Uh, you know, and and rules are changing. So I know in in the case of your team, um, there are uh, you know there's been adoption in the Magento industry of of technology. Like I know I was really um, excited when Elasticsearch became available to Magento open source users. Uh, I, I imagine that uh, that that's you know, things like that have implications on existing extensions and on uh, on what your teams like yours do, just like MSI and B2B features and, and some of these other things that have been rolling out. Um, you know, do you wind up having to go back and, and adjust around some of those things that really change how a lot of users interact with Magento and, and what, uh, what they're using in their native stack? Not really. I think... Uh... Uh, you see, when a Magento release uh, adds something to, to their core or uh, to, uh, just uh, enables this feature for open source, uh, it's another opportunity for us just to enhance our extensions better. So, for example, uh, speaking of Elasticsearch, um, uh, our layered navigation has already uh, support for Elasticsearch when it was available only for Magento Commerce. And uh, then when it uh, become uh, available for uh, Magento open source, we just expand, expanded our market uh, for this. And, uh, uh, and also uh, such releases helps us, not helps actually, uh, because of these releases, we just, uh, we cannot, uh, uh, we cannot, uh, protest and do anything you no, cannot stop no, no. the train right uh, yeah so we just have to uh, adjust our own roadmap according to this for example uh, again about layered navigation when when the uh, when elastic search uh, has become available for everyone 
we just uh, made a huge refactoring and uh, made it uh, made the extension Elasticsearch first. It still works uh, on uh, where, uh, on uh, just on my SQL, uh, but some features uh, are not available in in this mode uh, of operation because they are. Uh, uh, made specifically for Elasticsearch. And uh, because this is now a default search engine, uh, we uh, put a lot of investments in this hmm. channel. And so I, I'm curious, um, I've been curious, you know, because I've been on the agency side of things, I've been on the multi-channel integration side of things, I've spent now uh, really invested myself into the, the web hosting side of things and whether or not I'm always on the front lines um, for all support tickets, I get a lot of interesting stories and feedback, um, whether from the companies that, that I've been a part of or, uh, or from partners. What do support issues look like for your team? You know, I know, so we, we mentioned early on, there were a lot of folks that were, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't know how to turn on a cron job. But what does support look like today? What what are is it that uh, that keeps your team busy after the sale, um, in order to get people up and running and and continue to keep them in that fashion? Well, first of all, again, getting back to difference between M one and M two, uh, the situation changed quite uh, drastically because uh, in Magento one we had like uh, more than few, uh, uh, more than 50% of uh, technical issues were related to conflicts between extensions. Uh, now, this uh, this number is very low, just like 13% uh, of inquiries are related to conflicts uh, between the extensions or uh, and another 13% uh, are related to conflicts uh, with uh, pins. Uh, the biggest uh, number of issues it's about 30 percent uh, or so are related to store specific uh, problems which you cannot predict uh, uh, it's it may be even uh, uh, it's it may be related not only to specifics of your uh, magento instance it can be something like uh, uh, php settings on a server something like this so uh, you cannot predict this all uh, this is uh, so. This is uh, the majority of cases. Also, uh, bugs is a very seasonal thing. Uh, usually, uh, uh, the amount of bugs uh, is fluctuating between fifteen percent uh, to twenty-five because uh, you know when when a new version of Magenta gets released, uh, everyone wants to update uh, their store, and uh, they find <laughs> find the the bugs themselves even before we uh, managed to uh, test it and uh, put it uh, uh, and release a new version. So oh, I imagine you have dozens and dozens and dozens of extensions. So it's near impossible to test them all, uh, you know, immediately and and have yeah. every, you know and, and know of any potential or every potential bug um, immediately at you know when something comes to general release. So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully users have a, a little bit of patience if they're going to be early adopters and install something as soon as it hits general release. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, again, uh, because uh, the work with Magento uh, is now established with staging environments. Uh, so 
I think uh, 99% of the customers have staging environment. Uh, so uh, they they don't put the, the, these bugs into production. Um, also, uh, we, we've got, uh, by the way, uh, around 20% of uh, issues, uh, of technical issues are not really issues, are free installations. So we offer this service uh, free for everyone who purchased the extension. So uh, we install it ourselves. We immediately see if there are any uh, problems with the extension. Uh, so it gets it gets fixed right away, and uh, if uh, there is some problem which should be added uh, as a fix to the next version, uh, we we do this. So uh, yeah, and so if your team is helping in these regards, um, you know, especially you know maybe pre-installations, things like that, are, are there other times that support winds up being free or somehow you know included? What does the the normal support window look like for an extension. Um, I, I imagine that you know, thinking about the the length of uh, you know the life of a Magenta One site, if something launched in you know in, in the earlier two thousand, you know maybe in twenty ten, um, very hard to continue to provide free support on an extension that's on a site that's still live in twenty twenty. Uh, so yeah, uh, apart from free installations. Uh, uh, we offer 90 days of free support for each of our extensions. That's the minimum. Uh, customers can also extend it up to 60 days and then extend, extend it even further. So within uh, this window, um, all the support provided is free of any charges. Then again, even after the support period ends, uh, if customers have uh, extension-related issues that are actually bugs, that uh, are our fault, so to say, uh, we will fix them free of charge or we will provide them with a new version. So we are on the side of customer here all the time. Yeah. And yeah. so d- d- mm-hmm. and does that mean that patches, uh, you know, that you continue to put out basically free patches for your extensions if there are okay. bugs or security issues, that that's just something that a user can expect? Moreover, uh, we are just providing a new version, uh, new versions free. So. Uh, general, uh, like a general road is, uh, for example, a customer is outside support period. Uh, they uh, just uh, send a ticket to our help desk and said that there is something wrong with extension. Can you help me? The usual answer is uh, try upgrading to the most uh, recent version and get back to us if it's still not working. Hmm. So this way, uh, this way, uh, the customers are happy because. Uh, uh, as uh, as they say, they don't want to pay something for our bugs, <laughs> which is fair. That so, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And in a general best practice, they should be keeping their software up to date anyway, whether it's for PCI compliance or other compliance reasons, or whether it's just a general best practice. Um, I know that there's time and cost that goes into that, especially if you have a lot of extensions. But you know, it's. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, that keeping software up to date should be a big question um, for businesses, especially folks uh, with e-commerce businesses that are, you know, relying on, on customers being comfortable and the security of their site and sharing credit card information and, uh, you know, having all that run smoothly. So what's coming down the pike? Um, any 
anything new, anything excited that we can expect from your team later this year? Um, any new extensions or um, anything cool coming? So, yeah, we are definitely going to uh, expand our B2B uh, line of products. Uh, this is the main area of investment for us uh, at this point. Uh, then we will focus heavily on the advanced subscription products extension as well. Uh, this is something that we see success with and we want to further capitalize on it. And then, of course, there would be some um, smaller uh, UXGI-related extensions that we release every now and then anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... That's, that's our plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, plans change, especially in, in the world right now and, and in our industry in general. You have to be agile. You have to be flexible. But, um, guys, I, I really appreciate all the time today. Um, you've been very generous with your schedules, especially, uh, you know, m making your way to the office. I don't think I expected that <laughs> So well, when we scheduled. So, uh, you know. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to share information and knowledge. Um, any final parting thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah, uh, as a as a product owner, I <laughs> I always want more feedback. There is no such thing as too much feedback. So if you've got anything to say, uh, any suggestion, uh, just uh, drop us a line. Um, submit a ticket. Uh, to our support, uh, all these tickets. Uh, I receive all these tickets and uh, reply them. Also, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, the handle is quite difficult to spell. <laughs> I, I think we'll get that from you offline. We'll share that in the in the episode description in the notes. Okay. Uh, so and uh, yeah. So I'm open to uh, actually the whole company is open to any kind of feedback, whether it's good or bad, because but feedback sometimes is more valuable than a good one. Uh, so yeah, drop our suggestions to us and <laughs> yeah. And I'm uh, I'm also in charge of uh, our partner relationships. So if you're a development agency or a marketing agency or any kind of agency or company that deals with merchants, uh, sort of an intermediary, helps them grow, helps them build their stores. Uh, I would also be happy to get in touch and would be glad to uh, discuss your needs and see where we can help more to help you drive your business and your merchant's business. Awesome. Well, uh, again, you know, th thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, for our listeners, uh, I will include in, in that show description a few links, including for resources for merchants that are being impacted um, by the, the current economic crisis. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we certainly... Uh, want to see as, as many businesses uh, not only survive but thrive in the current climate um, and thereafter. So uh, keep an eye out for those. And uh, you know, beyond that, um, any questions, any thoughts, you can reach us at JetRails across social media. Um, please feel free to subscribe and and review the podcast wherever you watch it or listen to it, uh, whether um, through your, your favorite podcast app or uh, through YouTube or Facebook. And, uh, you know, stay safe, stay healthy and happy selling.